This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfuntravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com. This episode, we are talking about Nico Pirismani, a self-taught master painter. His works are unique with a primitivist and naive style that captures the essence of Georgian life in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Tbilisi podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi and Georgia. I'm your host, Meg. I run a little website called foodfuntravel.com. A little website? Yes. It's uh, quite a few hundred articles on there. It's not that little, is it? No. It's, you're underselling yourself a little bit here. Well, I mean, there's the, I mean, there's websites that are much bigger than mine. I'm, sure, that's true. Yeah, so, so yeah. but it's a there. Moderately not that little website, but not massive website. Exactly. Yeah, it's there. It exists. Come check it out sometime if you want. But that's what I do in my spare time when I'm not podcasting or mumming or drinking or eating, that sort of stuff. I, mumming. Mumming. That's I the do, word for it. I do mum stuff sometimes mum as stuff. well. Yeah. With the little man. Yep. And uh, our little man, because you are my husband. Ah, what? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You forget, you forget, it happens. It gets confusing. You're quite tired sometimes as a parent and sometimes you forget that you're a parent because you're too tired to remember you're a parent. <laughs> it's like you see those videos of people that are like rocking the baby in the rocker, but they're actually holding the baby. They're like, what are you rocking? <laughs> and it's like, they're so tired. They, they're like rocking nothing because they're holding the baby. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're tired fun. parents. Anyway. Yeah, so we run a little show called Tbilisi Podcast. That's what you're listening to right now. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, and Tom here again. I come on this show quite a lot because I'm the co-host. So, you know, I'm quite often on it. Occasionally, I'm the host. I've done a few okay. episodes where I'm the host yes. as well. So, you know, I've been upgraded to slightly better occasionally. Uh, and yeah, from experthub.ge and eatthistours.com. Yes. Eatthistours.com. Eat, Eat it. Eat it or drink it because it's wine as well. Yeah. You probably know that by now. Well, we're not actually doing an episode that has anything to do with food or wine. No, actually, it does have something to do with wine. It reckon, always has something to do with wine because it's Georgia. Yeah, literally every episode has to have something to do with wine. There is no way to come to Georgia and ignore wine completely. I mean, you don't have to drink it, but you can't ignore it. It is there, it even exists. if you don't drink. Yeah. So this episode, we are talking about Nico Pirismani. It is another history episode talking about important people in Georgian history. And uh, Nico Pirismani is a self-taught master master painter. So his works are unique with a primitivist and naive style that captures the essence of Georgian life in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And this naive style, of course, is a technical term. We're not just trying to insult one of Georgia's greatest painters. <laughs> it's a specific technical artistic term. Well, it's not technical at all. It is exactly as it is it described. It is the style. That is the style. It is what it is. That he's doing. Yes. So yes, join us as we dive into the world of his incredible art and learn more about his life, art, troubles, all of that. We're going to jump into that in this episode. Yeah. It's a distinctive style and you'll see it as you walk around Tbilisi. If you go out to Signagi, which is close to where he grew up and, and all over the country, you're going to see his artworks. He is very popular indeed. Very much so. So who was Nico Pirosmani? Nico Pirosmani was born Nico Piros Manishvili. Of course, there has to be a Shvili on the end. Got to be. He was born in the late 19th century. And as we mentioned before, he's known for his primitivist and naive style. So for non-art people like me, I Googled it. I'll yeah, it. I, I also not really a 
Massive art person. Totally Googled it. Primitivism is art that involves the appreciation and imitation of cultural products and practices. So perceived to be primitive. Cultural products such as wine, for example. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, primitive culture, that sort of displaying those sorts of things. And naive art is defined as a visual art that is created by a person who lacks the formal education and training that a professional artist undergoes. So it is exactly as it sounds. It is is naive. Self-trained as we said. He is, yeah. So there you go. You're welcome. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. I mean, that's what the episode was for, was for us to learn <laughs> what Paris Marty was doing. So, yeah. All right. So let's jump a little bit into his life and upbringing. So uh, Piris Marty was born in a small Georgian village of Mirazani in 1862. And as Tom mentioned, that's just sort of out Signagi way. His parents, Aslan and Tekle, were farmers who owned a small vineyard and they had a few cows and oxen and stuff like that. And they had a nice little life until he was left an orphan. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. And then the vineyard fell into disrepair. It did not go so well. Um, So at a relatively young age, his sister Miriam sent for him to come and live with her and her husband in Tbilisi. But she was taken by cholera, apparently, and her grieving husband sent him to work for a middle-class family. 19th century is rubbish, wasn't it? I it mean, like, really was. It wasn't even that long ago, and yet it was still rubbish. So quite crazy, but I mean, everyone yeah. knows this already. I'm not spreading new information here. Everyone's Late 19th, aware. early 20th century was a little rubbish. Yeah, people just drank gin and died. I mean, mm-hmm. that was English people, but uh, you know, that's yep. pretty much what was going on. And there you go, history. History, folks. History. Uh, in wait, a nutshell, wait. people just drank gin and died. That's English history. English history. Uh, the whole of English history. (laughs) Done. Done. Sit. Don't need to learn anything else. Everything else that England did was completely pointless to learn. Don't even bother reading up about it. Gin. Death. Yep. Um, So, yeah, that was one story that I read. I had another that he, like, his two sisters asked him to come and live with them. And then, I don't know. It's all a little tricky. And then they got cholera and died? Yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, why invite someone around if you're just going to die during the meeting? No matter what happened, people died and it didn't go well for people. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mainly, he wasn't having a great time. Yeah. That part. We could probably assess about 90% of the population of the entire world were not having a good time in the 19th century. Yeah, one of the things that, for working for the middle class family, he actually learned to speak Russian in that time. And I think he actually learned to read as well, which was actually relatively useful for someone of that period. But from that time onward, he did like a whole bunch of odd jobs. He was an odd jobsman. He worked as a herdsman. Is that an official word? Odd, odd jobsman? jobsman? Yeah. Is, is that in the dictionary? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely not going to Google it nope, or check. Don't look it up. Definitely yeah. there. Yep. Absolutely there. No Great. need to odd, look it up. I like it. Odd jobsman. Odd jobsman. If it's not in the dictionary, I'm going to write to Oxford myself and tell them that it should be. Yeah. But because he ended up, you know, not being particularly good at anything in particular, just oh, like... he's good at the odd jobs. At, at, at odd jobs. You know, what do they say? Um, Jack of, Jack all, of trades, all trades, master of none. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. They say that his life became a precarious dance on the edge of poverty, which is not fun. And he thought, hang on, art... That's the way to make money. Well, that's interesting. Because so historically, he like, that's always worked so, so he well. he did like a whole bunch of odd jobs, but then he started doing things like painting houses and doing signs for shopkeepers and all Ooh. those sorts of things. And from doing signs for shopkeepers, he ended up doing different paintings and he ended up doing portraits according to people's orders and all of that sort of stuff. Apparently, he also even owned a dairy farm for a while, but it, the dairy farm didn't 
last. It didn't go so well. So through all of this, Nico slowly taught himself to paint. One of the interesting things that he's known for is his preference to work on black waxed cloth. So you'll see a lot of his paintings, the background is completely black and like yeah. that's why the, vi- the colours are so very, vibrant. very, like the contrast is yeah. crazy. It's, it's very striking artwork. Uh, he also painted on glass, metal, walls and used natural materials such as berries, leaves and bark for his pigments. As he had zero classical training, he just used what was around him and created from that, which is what makes him so unique. That's pretty amazing in itself to just go, I'm just going to reinvent art. Why bother studying anything? I've got my own my own deal it's going like, oh, on. I can use this. And it worked. Yeah. That's, that's what's amazing about it, really. It just went like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Got it done. So a lot of his paintings were often of animals, forest scenes, markets, tradesmen he was working alongside. Um, he was also known for his unconventional painting techniques. Um, he would use his fingers instead of brushes as well. Mm. So that's where the primitive it's and... Cheaper. Yeah. Totally. Primitive and naive stuff comes in. So he was continuing to do this, working the odd jobs, but as many people, as you were just talking about with uh, the good old British history, Nico took up the drink to uh, wash his troubles away, as many people have done throughout history. So through this, painting actually became a form of barter. He was poor. He didn't have a lot of money. So he would do simple portraits and he would trade them for hot tavern meals. And it's in these taverns where his works were first discovered. So basically, he would paint on the wall of a tavern. So there are Mm. lots and lots of his actual works that have been lost because they were just on taverns and and stuff like that. So, I mean, what we're saying here is that he became significantly more successful because he turned into an alcoholic and just hang around in bars doing paintings on walls. Well, yeah, that's where he actually was discovered. So, in 1910, a Russian painter, Mikhail Ledentu, and a Georgian writer, Ilya Zadnevich, they discovered his tavern paintings and brought some of his work back to their friends in Moscow. And he actually achieved quite a bit of success in Russia. There was an exhibit held in Moscow where self-taught painters were, you know, exhibited their works. And among them were four by Pyrrhus Mani. So there was a portrait of Zendanovich, as he did portraits, still life, woman with the beer mug, which I've seen, definitely seen around in, in reprints, uh, and the row. So critics... Writing later stated that they were actually really impressed with his talent and he did really well with a lot of the the sort of Russian art scene, but it just didn't trickle back down to him financially in, in any way, shape or form. People it were like, bravo, never, I love never it. Does, it never does. It does it. You're doing an amazing job. Oh, you want me to? No, no money. No money yet. You're just new. <laughs> so uh, it didn't help you him at just all. just come here, do some artwork for the exposure. One day, one exactly. day you'll be rich. working for exposure. Yeah, always works, doesn't mm. it? Exactly. He also had a little bit of success here in Georgia as well. In the early days, the Society of Georgian Painters, uh, who were founded in 1916, also took note of his work and they invited him to their meetings. But... Um, He had a bit of a hard time getting along with a lot of the guys. One day he presented a painting called Georgian Wedding to the society. And from that, one of the other members published a caricature in the local newspaper of him. And he was greatly offended by it. It obviously was not very nice. And it caused him to just disappear again into the world of taverns and drink and stuff like that. So while he was alive, he would kind of make this appearance and, you know, he would do quite well and people would applaud him for the work that he was doing and the beautiful paintings and portraits and everything. But then something would happen. And and also, you know, as, as it is, like, he needed money more than he needed accolades. 
So he would take jobs and do other things rather than focus on his art because he needed to survive. He disappeared back down into his own world of booze and taverns and, you know, just taking on jobs and doing all of that sort of stuff. But actually, in this time, Pyrrhus Money actually produced an astonishing number of works. Uh, The total figure is actually said to be over a thousand different pieces of art, but only a few have survived Uh, which is mainly due to the negligence of owners or the closure of spaces where his paintings were housed, cellars, tea rooms, taverns, all that sort of stuff. Uh, You know, these things get people don't realise or care that they're important and they just get painted over or destroyed or any of that sort of stuff. Yep, yeah, yeah. Others now you can see at the National Museum and a few other museums around the world. So um, there's also a... At the Signagi Museum as well, you can go and see quite a few of his works there as well, which is really cool. I didn't know it was there. And we walked in the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, Pyrrhus Money. And I didn't think it was real. I thought it was like. Yeah, you I, assume it's copies or something. I thought it was copies. And I, stu- I stepped over the red line to have a closer look at something and the alarm went absolutely berserk at me. And I was like, the lady came up and I was like, is this real? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a real Pyrrhus Money. I didn't realise. My bad. Fortunately, it turned out that the lady who was in charge of the line crossing happened to be the owner of the guest house we'd stayed the night before. So random. And she was totally fine with us. She just... Breaking the rules. Yeah, and then she just occupied Isaac for the next 15 minutes playing peekaboo with him. It was fantastic. Parenting stuff. Parenting and art. Apparently that's what's happened in this episode. There you go. You can go to museums and art galleries with your kids because... In Georgia, as long as the person who's in charge of the art is the guest house owner from the previous night. Ah, people play with them anyway. Yeah, and it's definitely a, a fun side tangent that the ability of anyone in Georgia to help you out with your kids if you're a tourist is great. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful. Everyone's really happy to see kids here. It's, it's really helpful. Yeah. Poor old Pyrrhus Money actually died in 1918. So a few different things saying about his death. Uh, one article says on March 30th, 1918, the night before Easter Sunday, uh, he was discovered unconscious in the basement of an abandoned house. I think the abandoned house is actually where the Nico Pyrrhus Money museum is there's a tiny little place this is the one that is near signagi but not in signagi no no this is the one that's by station square he died Ah, in tbilisi there is an additional yeah there's a small i went to go there the other day but it was a public holiday and they were closed so i took a picture of the door um so i can share that on social media (laughs) was it painted with peros money but when you went inside you could see pictures of pictures they had taken pictures of his so it's a bit of a meta museum i I don't think there's actually any Pyrrhus money work there i think it's more More of a monument yeah this is where he lived this is like the sort of what his like room was like it basically was he harry potted it and lived under the stairs pretty much i I think but yeah um one one source said that he was discovered unconscious in the basement and he was taken to a hospital but died soon after of malnutrition and liver failure from his years of drink others just state that no one actually knows when he died just that it was 1918 (laughs) or why he died some people say it was liver failure some people say it was the 1918 flu pandemic Uh, Um, Yeah, Spanish flu. Yeah, Spanish flu at that time. See, Um, what is going on with history right now? So we're literally repeating 100 years on. We had a massive pandemic and a stupid war in 1918-ish, just in a different order. Yeah. War, then pandemic. And now we just had a massive pandemic and a stupid war. Yeah. We thought that we'd all moved on and we're just doing the same thing. But we're doing a slightly better job of it this time around. Hopefully we can have a more successful outcome with the whole war situation. Oh my goodness, please. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Pyrrhus Manius actually is an unmarked grave. Nobody actually knows where he is to this day. There was a guy who thought he knew where it was, like back in the, I think it was like back in the 60s or something, and he was digging up a whole bunch of areas to try and find. They thought they'd found his grave, but it turned out that it was the grave of a woman, so it wasn't him. So people actually don't know where he's buried. It's not marked. I, during pandemics, uh, they just get rid of the bodies back in those days. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't until his after his death that Pyrrhus Manius' work gained widespread attention and fame. In the 1960s, his paintings were rediscovered by Georgian art historians and began to be exhibited internationally. And to this day, his work can be found in museums and galleries all over the world. So the question is, why is his art so important? Uh, he was just, you know, some people can just say that he was just, you know, some drunk guy that, you know, whatever. Did some naive primitive did, stuff. Yeah, did some paintings. Like, why is he so important to But, them? I mean, they're amazing. I, I love the work. I, I think the vibrant colours and everything is so unique and so... Yeah, and it doesn't look like anyone else's. Exactly. It's very his. It's very, very unique. But also there are other reasons why his art is so important to the Georgian people. So during Pyrrhus Mani's lifetime, Georgia was under the rule of the Russian Empire, uh, which is the early 20th century. It was also a great time of social and political upheaval in Georgia, also in Russia as well, with the rise of the nationalist movements and the eventual establishment of the Georgian Democratic Republic, which came about around about the time of his death in 1918. So Pyrrhus Mani's art played an important role in this context as it helped to define a sense of national identity and pride. His paintings just depicted everyday life of Georgians. It was their traditional costumes, their traditional customs, their struggles, like animals in the field. Just, you know, it was that he basically just painted what he knew, which was, you know, it's that naive, primitive painting, yeah, exactly yeah. as it is. He, he painted what he saw, and that was Georgian culture. So this helped to create a really powerful sense of community uh, within the Georgian people. So despite living over a century ago, Pyrrhus Mani's art still really resonates with audiences today. His unique style, his subject matter, it just continues to inspire contemporary artists and his paintings remain a really important part of Georgia's cultural heritage. As I mentioned, yeah, he's uh, able to capture the essence of Georgian life in his traditions, in his art. It just makes him a really beloved figure in Georgian culture, and I don't think that will ever die. Like, I think his work will continue to go on to be, like, he'll be one of the leading painters of Georgian art for yeah. He's Forever. sealed a place in history for sure. Yeah. And also just in a world that often values conformity and traditional training, especially even in those days, like he might not have been taken as seriously by his peers because he didn't have that traditional training. But I think Pyrrhus Money's story is just a reminder that artistic talent can come from anywhere and that creativity, it really just knows no bounds. As we said, he painted with his fingers. He used uh, berries and stuff as pigments. He painted on walls. Like creativity can come from anywhere and you don't have to be trained or taught in order to do it well. So yeah, basically he just is an enduring reminder of the cultural heritage and transformative power of art in Georgia. If you're looking for some of his most popular paintings, like if you want to look them up and have a look online, one of my particular favorites is the fisherman in a red shirt. You'll see a lot of reproductions of this all over Tbilisi and Georgia of people reproducing this particular just painting. Holding a fish. Yeah. It's cool. It's a it cool is, painting. Yeah, it is a fisherman in a red shirt, typical young man of the day, standing in a river. He's holding a fish in one hand and a bucket in the other, and he's just wearing really simple clothes and a hat. One of my favorite pieces of street art, actually, it's over in Marjanishvili. There is a reproduction of this. It's on a wall, and it's done as a Simpsons character, and he's holding the three-eyed fish from The uh, yeah. Simpsons. It's a good twist. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that piece. So, yeah, that's a really popular one, and you'll see so many reproductions of that. 
Another really famous one of his is the Feast of Five Princes. And you'll see this in a lot of restaurants, like reproductions of this. Um, so it depicts a scene of a Georgian folktale. It's the painting shows five princes sitting at a table, enjoying a feast with a variety of dishes and drinks. The painting is full of bright colors and intricate details and is considered to be one of Pierre Mani's most complex works. So yeah, if you see something of like a whole bunch of guys sitting around a table, sort of, I guess, last meal style, they're all sitting on that one side of the table, last supper style. Last supper, yeah, last meal. A different, different group of guys. I don't do art. <laughs> I enjoy art. I or, or religion or history. I or don't. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> any of these things. Yeah. Um, you will see this in like restaurants and stuff, reproductions of this, and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, as I mentioned before, where to go see Nico Pirismani's paintings, you can go um, to the museum, the National Art Museum, and go see it there. I think it's closed at the moment. Um, this is March 2023. We're recording this. There was a little bit of an art kerfuffle that happened the other week where an artist tore his painting off the wall and spray painted uh, in its place. Uh, I can't remember what he wrote, but he was not too happy with his art was being uh, taken care of or something like that. Fun. Yeah, there was a whole whole kerfuffle. So I think it's closed at the moment, but when you're listening to this, it could totally be reopened again. Uh, You can go to the Signagi Museum and go see his works there. I think that is a permanent fixture. You can go and see his his work at that museum. That appears to be a permanent exhibit now because he was Um, from the region. And if you're wanting to head out to Station Square and see his last uh, little home place, uh, the museum I didn't get into because it was closed, uh, the Pierce Money Museum. It's only like currently five gel to get in there, so it's pretty cheap. But I think also it's just like one or two rooms that has like a chair and a desk. It's one of those sorts of museums. Yeah. Um, none of his actual paintings, but hey, you know, if you're looking for something to do out at Station Square, other than just like check out the, des- there's lots of things to do out there. So if you're looking for an additional thing to do out there, well, go check out the, the museum. The main thing to do at Station Square for those who've not been to Tbilisi is basically go to the big bazaar and do shopping. Best prices in Tbilisi on fresh produce lots of things yeah yeah well and yeah not just fresh produce as well but any type of market style shopping as opposed to modern convenient uh, department store shopping if you want to go do old school market shopping then that's the place to go for sure um a few interesting facts to wrap up this episode in 1969 a film about him was made titled purest money i'm sure it's in georgian haven't watched it should probably watch it should yeah there's actually a big list of movies i need to watch and i just haven't got around to it because i don't watch movies anymore i just uh binge watch tv shows yep that's the way the world's gone it is uh, he also inspired a portrait sketch by Pablo Picasso uh, in 1972. That is in the Signagi Museum. That is. I saw that. So that's pretty cool. So he even inspired Pablo Picasso. That's really cool. Good yep. job, Paris Money. Uh, not that he knew it, but he would have been over 100 if when that was done. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Paris Money is also depicted on a Georgian Lari bill. The one Larry Bill. But this is very rarely who, seen. Who has this? Exactly. I, haven't, I don't think I've ever had a one Larry Bill since I've been here. I don't remember in 2016 if we had them. Maybe we did. I don't know. I don't know if they're still in circulation. I don't know if anyone has them tucked away somewhere or you can go see one. Maybe at the National Museum you can go see it. But he was on the one Larry Bill, but now we all use one Larry coins. So yep. you really don't see the bill around much anymore. But if you spot it, grab it. Don't give it to anyone. No. Keep it. Yeah. So that's it. That's uh. It's not quite it. I have another fun fact. <gasps> what? What fun fact do you well, have? Wine. It's 
Pirismani wine. Oh, of it's, course. Uh, I mean, it's inspired by him. He didn't invent this wine, but there is a, a semi-dry to semi-sweet red wine from Carchetti, because he was from Carchetti, made from Saparavi grapes. That is uh, dubbed Pirismani. That is his wine. It's a, a fruit-forward sort of fresh and exciting if you're into semi-sweet type wines, which a lot of people in this region are. Uh, yeah. So it's a particular a style of wine. It's, it's a way of making Saparavi. I mean, once cool, you listen to cool. any of our wine episodes, you'll know that uh, Saparavi is used to make so many different types of wine. Yeah. Uh, this exact type of style is sort of a fruity, semi-sweet, semi-dry wine. Yeah. With his name on the label. So if you're walking around and you see a wine called Pirismani, it is named after him. There you go. So, yeah, just as you're walking around Tbilisi or, you know, Kakheti or even, you know, he was really, really important here in Tbilisi and Kakheti region, but you might find his works in other areas. But you'll find lots and lots of reproductions of people taking his work and putting it into their own work. Like he's, you will spot Pirismani everywhere. Like I went to visit the doctor the other day. And I saw like these different artworks that all had Pyrrhus money images in them, but it was like scrapbooking style, okay. but in a really cool art way. You'll just see his influence absolutely everywhere. And it's really cool. Um, as Tom and I have both mentioned, his art is very vibrant and just unique and really stands out. So keep an eye out for it. If you are getting around Tbilisi, you will spot Pyrrhus money's influence all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Literally all over the place. I don't so, think yeah. like you may not know it. When you come here, but once you do know what it is, you see, you it, see it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah so sure. while he did lead a very tragic life, as did many of the artists of that time, as do many artists of any time, they yep. usually have a tragic story, but he has had a profound influence on Georgia, the nationalism of Georgia, and also the art of Georgia going forward. He's a pretty important guy. Yep. All right, so I guess that's the end. That is. That is all for our Pirismani episode. So Pirismani wine. Let's just you know, leave on that note. Yep. So try, try some red wine, wine when you come enjoy here. Enjoy the art. And just remember, even if you are not a trained artist, give it a go. Give it a bash because you never know. You might end up creating something profound that people love for generations. So just give it a go. All right. Uh, we will see you on another episode of the Tibilisi podcast. Yep. Follow us on all the socials, which are Tibilisi podcast on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. So not all the socials, just those socials. Just those ones. We don't want to do all of them. Oh, I Who's got time? time? Who's got the time for all of them? No. Who's doing that? But please do come and follow us and just check out what we're doing there. Uh, we're going to try and just get a little bit more active in those areas. Uh, I'll try. I say it. I say it. But Yeah, and then you get woken up at four in the morning and go, nah, nah not today. I'm not doing anything today. Yeah. So That's anyway, it. but come and check out what we're doing. And I also just like share random things of my day of like me getting on a train or, oh, it's spring. Look at the flowers or... Oh my God, it's snowing again. What? I thought it was spring. So that's that's what you get from me. All right. Cheers, everyone. See you. Well, we won't see you next time. Hear you. Hear us. Listen to us. Thank you for listening. Listen Bye. to us again next time. That one. Thanks for listening to the Tibilisi Podcast. Connect with us at tibilisipodcast.com where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfuntravel.com, expathub.ge and equestours.com.